Welcome to a special interview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini. Well, folks, today's episode is one for the books. I know I've been teasing it on today on Broadway for a week or so, but this is one of those interviews as a journalist you don't ever really think you're going to do because it kind of puts you into the story, and that's always super uncomfortable. But today, I am interviewing one of my high school theater castmates, Steve Haggard. And we're not doing this just because I wanted to take a trip down memory lane. No, Steve is currently playing Harry Potter and Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on Broadway. In our conversation, Steve and I talk a little bit about what his life has been like since I last saw him all the way back in 1998. We talk about his career working in storefront theaters in Chicago, then moving to New York to be a part of the ensemble and Cursed Child before the pandemic, what it's been like to go from those small 40-seat theaters in Chicago to leading one of the biggest plays in the history of Broadway. And then, of course, we do what two people who haven't seen each other in more than two and a half decades do. We talk about some of the memories that we shared from doing shows like Scapino, the complete works of William Shakespeare abridged, Schoolhouse Rock Live, The Lady Cries Murder. We don't talk about that one, but we should have. That was the last show we did together. That was a lot of fun. And we also talk about our high school theater director, Douglas Montgomery, who I know has played a huge role in both mine and Steve's lives. So without further ado, after nearly three decades, here's my conversation with Steve Haggard. Hello. Hello. Steve. Hey, Matt. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. How are you? My gosh, it's wild to hear your voice. I know. It's been, I was thinking about it. It must have been 28 years. 20 years. How are we really? that old? I didn't do the math. I, I, I mean, it must have math. been, it must have been your senior year. Um, cause I transferred, but I came back and saw some shows. I feel like the last oh, sure. thing was, was the last thing I would have seen you in, uh, how to succeed. Um, yeah, how to succeed in business. Gosh, that's like a lifetime ago. Literally. Like there's like fully formed human beings that were like <laughs> not even close to being dreamed about back then. We're old. How did we get old, Steve? That's hilarious. I don't know. It's just, you just, you, you know, you it put your mind to it and then you, <laughs> you end up there. Yeah. Um, this is wild. The, okay. So I have to tell you the story. I did not realize, like I have worked in theater media for uh, nearly a decade. And I, for whatever reason, when you joined Cursed Child originally, I didn't pick up on it. I didn't, maybe didn't see your name in the, in the, uh, whatever sure. year two press release. But, um, I guess a few months ago now, Dan White, who apparently follows me on Twitter, <laughs> sent, sent me a message and said, how awesome is it? that Steve is playing Harry Potter. And I was like, well, first off, I was like, Dan White, blast from the past. I know. <laughs> and then I, I, it took me a second to like put it together. And he sent me like a, an article that St. Charles must have put out. And I looked at it and okay. I was neither, neither surprised, but also incredibly excited uh, to find out that one, you were still performing and that I would have the opportunity to see you. Like it, it was just a, such a crazy full circle experience to learn about it that way too yeah that's really nice of you to say yeah it's it was crazy i think dan white just friended me there <laughs> which you go is great. That, which is hilarious that seems right that seems right yeah Very but cool. yeah it's 
it's um it's kind of a it's been such an honor to be able to step into harry potter and then just to sort of reconnect with people because it is such a high profile sort of a thing yeah and, and they didn't even send out the press release that you'd taken over i mean months after you'd done it but after i'd seen it so like i sure. i don't i wouldn't have known uh if dan hadn't reached out so i'm internally grateful uh for him for that but as i said kind of before we started recording uh, we haven't talked in like nearly three decades <laughs> which yeah. is which is crazy so i want to kind of get some of the background of what happened after sure. you left high school so from uh, from what i can piece together you went to depaul and stayed in the chicago area working primarily in theater right yeah yeah that's uh, i lived in chicago for like 20 something years um because i just like fell in love with it and the um theater scene there is 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 really vibrant and um so i was lucky enough to keep working and so you know i fell in with some people in a theater company and then we just kept on doing plays um and I did a bunch of work regionally and stuff, but we just have to also just acknowledge that we were, we were in plays together. In oh high yeah. School. Oh yeah. We'll get there. Don't worry. Okay. We'll, we'll, get, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Uh, I, ironically, my first job out of college was in Chicago as well. So we were both living in Chicago at the same time as well. Oh, really? Without knowing. Oh, that's yeah. wild. My, my first job would have been, I guess I started in the fall of 2004. I was working for the Big Ten Conference. So I worked sure. out of the office in, it was in Park Ridge, but I lived in Wrigleyville at the time. So, uh, okay. So, huh, I wonder if we, we, our paths crossed. Who knows? Um, yeah, I love Chicago. It's one, it's, um, it's um, still a home for me in a lot of ways. It's like one of those places that I remember visiting. Um, with my mom to go look at colleges and stuff. And we went to Chicago and I was like, Oh yeah, this feels right. And um, yeah, it's a place it's, I love it. It's a place where you can work a lot. It's not a place where you can make a lot of money um, as yeah. a, as an actor. <laughs> so, you know, just because the theaters are all nonprofit there and it's, it's just a different thing. Um, so that's why I ended up in New York, but it, you know, yeah. it only took me 20 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's the dream living the dream. But yeah, I, totally. so, so I came across, I had to do some digging, but I came across your resume and as I'm looking at it, oh, there's, no. well, here's the thing. Like there's a ton of like classic stuff and some dramas. There's some comedy sprinkled in, but sure. I, but I, I am not being hyperbolic when I say that both as a performer and like an IRL human being, I think you're the funniest person I've ever known in my entire life, or at least you were 30 years ago. So yeah, like, totally. it's, it's interesting to me to see things like, you know, uh, the winter's tale and doubt oh, sure. and King Lear, uh, on your resume. Not that I didn't think you could do it, but like, if you would have asked me, you know, when we did Scapino together or right. complete works of William Shakespeare bridge, what you would be doing, I would have said, comedy all the way Saturday night live, something like that would have, would have been sure. in my forecast for you. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I, I, high school me was uh, killing it with the, with the jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I mean, also to be fair, you look at some of those, you know, I'm like the one clown in the show in some of those. That's, <laughs> in fair. Some that's, of those. Fair. that's fair. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's one of the um, advantages of, um, of, working in Chicago and working regionally because you get to do so many different types of theater. There's so, there's so much, so many different styles of theater. And I was sort of lucky enough to sort of uh, get to do all of it. 
you know, I mean, the theater company that I'm a part of in Chicago, a Red Orchid Theater is like a 70 seat black box. So it's like a 70 seat storefront theater. Um, and so everything there is like super cinematic and um, it's just kind of like two feet away from you. And then, you know, and then I was able to do like shows at American Players Theater, which is like a 1200 seat outdoor theater <laughs> you know yeah so Wisconsin, I, I, right? Is that in Wisconsin? Yeah. yeah yeah so like that was one of the pluses of um having being living in chicago because like you you do you do you get you work so you get paid 50 dollars a week but you get you <laughs> you can be in plays you know and, and you take the good you take the bad with the with with the life in the arts, because obviously there's the benefit of that where you got to work and you got to perform and you got to do what you love doing. But you maybe also had to do some other things on the side to make sure that you could, uh, you know. Oh, one thousand percent. I had some of the weirdest jobs. Oh, OK. I, I, well, give them to me. I got to hear them. Uh, I was part of the I worked for the Library Movers of America. That was pretty jamming. That, wait, that's um, a real thing. There's an actual company that like somebody's got to move the libraries. I, I mean, do <laughs> libraries move that often? Uh, I think uh, you'd be surprised. I actually, okay. I think it's like, um, we would do mostly schools and like uh, universities and stuff, uh, okay. because, you know, you know them, they're always moving libraries, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I worked at Trader Joe's for a little while. That was interesting. Um, you know, I've, <laughs> I've done all sorts of strange things, um, uh, I was a I was the worst waiter that has ever oh, I'm, ever I'm, yeah. waited tables. I worked at yeah I've I've done my share of waiting and it I my personality is not not built for that. No, I get anxious and I'm like one hundred percent. Like things start piling up and then I start like fixating on somebody didn't get their ketchup or something and I and I mean I got fired I got fired from a. <laughs> it was not a good day. I dumped a whole tray of water on some lady. She was beautiful. She had this on this beautiful backless dress. And I I had this, you know, it was like a party of like 16. And so I was uh putting out waters, you know, trying to talk to people, and I dumped it down the back oh. her, her backless dress, and she screamed bloody murder. Oh. And like the whole restaurant was silent. And my manager was like, hey, Steve, so um, you want to come here and have a conversation with me? Oh, that's never good. <laughs> yeah. And no. then we both, I mean, we mutually agreed that it probably wasn't the job for me. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry. That was probably not a fun moment. <laughs> uh, and, but it's good that you can laugh about it now. Yeah, totally. So when the decision to go to New York happened, was this so what where did that fall in the timeline? Was that specifically for Cursed Child um in twenty nineteen or were you there before that? Um no, I, I yeah, so I came I was kind of ready for a move um from Chicago, but no, I was living in Chicago and I was living in Chicago and the audition came up and I was like, sure, why not? Um and then uh, I remember the audition was super fun. Like we danced a lot and of course we did the scenes and stuff, but um, uh, I just remember like laughing as I was leaving the room and being like, Oh, this is, this seems like it would be really cool. And then, um, yeah, they asked me to join the ensemble and be a Harry cover and a Draco cover. And uh, yeah, that was, so I moved to New York. Um, 
to uh, to do that. And then, uh, yeah, this year they asked me to be Harry, and um, nice <laughs> game, great, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good job. <laughs> yeah, not bad, not bad. So you did you were ensemble from like March of 2019 up until the pandemic, and then when the show comes back, you're you're in as in as Harry. Is that the timeline of that? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I was the I was so the show in order for the show to run, um, in order for the show to just sort of go, there's like uh, uh, an army of people backstage oh, yeah. and on stage moving set pieces and stairs and um, uh, and telling the story. Um, and so yeah, that's what my ensemble track um, was. Uh, was doing a lot of the stuff back uh, in the back of the stage that you don't see, but gets to tell the story. So your your experiences working for the American Library Movers Association or whatever it was, it came in hey. handy. Is what <laughs> yeah, it paid off. I mean, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, use it. You got to use what you got. Yeah, 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 whatever tools are in your arsenal, <laughs> that's what you got to do as a performer. Um, but so, okay, so you were in the show when it was two parts. You come yes. back and you're leading the show as one part. Was What was that experience like? Because it's almost like you're building a new show. I mean, it's not a new work because you had done it just condensing it. But I have to imagine that there was a lot of things that had to happen in the room to make that all make sense in such a condensed form. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a lot of, uh, you know, trial and error and figuring out, um, you know, what worked and what didn't. But they they had, they had the creatives um, had... Uh, John Tiffany and Stephen Hoggett had figured out uh, a way to do a workshop of it. Okay. And, uh, and so had figured out a lot of stuff. Um, and so when we came, when we got back and we were all, um, I don't know, just so excited to be back, but we got back and yeah, the, the conversations didn't stop um, and the tweaking didn't happen. Um, but didn't stop happening until we, um, yeah, we're on our feet and putting it in front of audiences. What is what has that been like for you to now? Because you, I don't. Did you ever go on as either Harry or Draco in the in the before times? Oh yeah, I went on for Harry um, a few times, and I went on for Draco once. And I gotta say, Draco's the jam. I oh, love yeah? going on for Draco. Yeah, why, why is that? Because um, it's a it, you're not on as much, but you get to be a little more dastardly. Is that what it is? Yeah, exactly. I mean, who doesn't want to like just go on stage every once in a while and like be kind of a jerk and steal say the some nasty stuff? <laughs> yeah, steal yeah. the scene, say some nasty stuff. You know, wear an awesome costume and then you know drop the mic and and walk <laughs> yeah. off stage. Yeah, that's great. That's that's nice work if you can get it. Um, yeah. So when you did come back and this shows um, in a much different kind of position than it was before, both, you know, figuratively and literally, you know, it's much shorter. Things are are condensed. There's storylines that are gone. How do you as you as an actor, how do you feel like that transition has worked? Obviously, you're kind of seeing it from a somewhat different position, you know, now that you're in the role full time. But how has that change worked? Are there things that you miss or are there things that you feel like, oh, this works better now? Anything like that? Are there things that I miss from like part that two? were cut or whatever that was oh, sure. eliminated from the original version of the show? 
Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I got to say, it was an interesting experience to know the two-part version so well and then be like, okay, what what is this one-part version going to be like? Um, and I think everyone was sort of waiting into anticipation to sort of see what it what it would be. Um, and you know what's funny? I don't. I gotta say, me personally, I don't. I don't miss anything from the part two because I. I think um, they did a really lovely job of like keeping all the magic, keeping all of the um, the story moving in a way uh, in the one part that like um, it's just like it's 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 um, wild to watch. Um, uh, and it has all the it has all the same stuff that I loved from part from the um, from the two part version, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. There, of course, as an actor, you get attached to moments and you get attached to sort of like uh, the way things things go. Um, and so it was a bit of a it was a bit of like um, some kind of being in like a fever dream um, for the first few weeks of doing it because you would see you know, the timing would be different on something and everything is moves with mechanical uh, efficiency on that stage because there's, you know, you can walk up on stage and there's 30 people doing something, everything completely different um, backstage in order to keep the show going. Um, So you would, so like my memory, I would remember (laughs) what my old track was and then have to be like, oh no, oh no, that's not what we're doing. We're doing the new thing. And then like, you know, it would, and then they'd be like, uh, Steve, why were you late for that entrance? I was and pushing then, the set piece on like I was supposed to two years ago. Well, yeah. Yeah. I was doing a, a completely different version of the show. Yeah. But no, I can't say story wise or like um, experience wise, I wouldn't say that there's anything that I, I, I miss um, because, because it's. Uh, it's I don't, it's fantastical. I mean, I don't know, Matt. Like yesterday, I was sitting there, like getting ready to go on stage, and I was looking up at the blue lights backstage, and I was like, "This job is crazy. How did I? How did I end up here? I get to play pretend. I get to pretend to be Harry Potter. You know, which uh, is wild. And so." So like, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a, it's been such a, a lovely experience, but one that I, I, I wouldn't, you know, 10 year old me would never have seen coming in a million years, well, well, but is really enjoying. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. Well, let, let's talk about that because my recollection is that your first show, at least at St. Charles, was as a sophomore in high school. And it wasn't even the second first show. Like, I think the first one you did was was Scapino, right? So that would have been the second oh, show yeah. of your sophomore year. Is that right? Right. Yeah. You so, remember better than I do. <laughs> uh, it's a, a curse and a blessing. Um, yeah. So did you, did you have an interest in performing before then like legit on stage performing or did it just kind of like eh, this seems fun Monty talk you into it like what what was that all about <laughs> oh um did we I guess you weren't there were you no yeah um, I, I was a, I was a grade younger than you so it was my freshman year your sophomore year right so 
when I um, got kicked off the baseball team, um, or actually they were like, you know, you can sit the bench for a year or you can like, um, you know, uh, yeah. see your way out. Uh, my mom was like, you have to do something. So I, <laughs> she wanted me out of the house. So I, um, I did stage crew. Um, and I was on stage crew for a show or two. And I get, I guess I used to do these um, imitations of people. Oh yeah. Uh, I when I was, a, yeah. Oh God. I must have been so annoying. Uh, um, and they, uh, my friends um, in the theater sort of tricked me into an audition uh, for Mr. Montgomery for the director. Cause I remember I was like sweeping in the theater um, uh, cleaning up the theater and everybody, everybody surrounded me in a circle and called Mr. Montgomery in and then made me do all these imitations for him. Um, and, uh, and everybody's laughing. And so I guess uh, Mr. Montgomery was like, yeah, this, this guy should be in our, our next play. Um, and the rest and is so history. Then, and then I got to do, yeah, I got to do um, Scapino, <laughs> which my mom would be so happy when she listens to this, that we're talking about this, because that's hands down. I, I, that's her favorite play. That's my that's parents' amazing. favorite play that I've ever done, ever. Like anything else is like, well, it's not quite, you know. <laughs> well, so so I moved like a month or so ago and I found a box that was in the garage for, I mean, probably a decade. And I was going through it and it was old stuff from high school. And I found old programs, old scripts, old pictures. I found the program and pictures from Scapino. I found the script from Scapino, uh, oh, and, wow. and, and as well as like complete works uh, of William Shakespeare bridge, which we did, um, and a bunch of other that stuff. So it was kind of a, a really fortuitous oh. discovery to happen at, you know, right when I knew that I was going to be talking to you, but it, it was really yeah. wild to kind of go back through those pictures and honestly, to see some faces that I totally remembered, but I don't know that I could come up with their names. Oh my um, gosh. I, yeah. But I've got the program I, that I can go and look, but it was, it was wild. One, you look the exact same. It is frightening <laughs> to me. I had, I had hair, which I did in high school, but not long after <laughs> high school, I started losing my hair. So I'm a little angry about the fact that you still look like you're 15. Uh, oh, that's hilarious. But I, I look 15 nuts. from far away. When you get up close, okay. you're like, ah. I'm, I've got your headshot here that they sent out with this press release. You, you still right. look, maybe not 15, but much younger than, than, yeah, good for you. Good, living My right. My skincare routine yeah. is crazy. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But what are your what are your memories of those early shows? I mean, the to, for, for a little context, we went to an all-boys high school where girls would come and do you know, audition, but the shows were mostly centered on the guys that actually went to the school. And I still, to this day, consider Mr. Montgomery, somebody who changed my life. I, he was, um, an exacting director. Uh, he very much yeah. liked the sports coaches that I had, but man, I mean, <laughs> to me, he, I, it changed my life and, and helped really open up, uh, my love of, of theater and arts in general. Do you remember one of my first memories of Mr. Montgomery and, Oh, oh man. man, I hope he, I don't know. He'll probably listen to this. <laughs> I think he'd get mad at me. But like, I remember he used to come into the theater with a thermos of coffee. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. Uh, and sit in the back of, of the theater and like smoke cigarettes and yeah. just yell. Yeah. He was oh, just yeah. yelling. I mean, God love him. He, he, 
I think he designed the sets and directed. I mean, it must have been it must have been just pure chaos with all yeah. those. And he had a young family it. at the time too. Yeah, what was he thinking? Yeah. But he he like, you know, through uh, you know, those smoking packs of cigarettes <laughs> and all that coffee, he got it done. Um, I remember I remember doing the boys next door. And yeah. I remember uh, with you. I, I was um, actually I was actually not in that one. I what? was that was during no. that was that was a baseball conflict. Like I didn't do yeah. I didn't do working my freshman year. I was on crew for working uh, okay. because I did because I was playing baseball and then boys next door uh, as well overlapped uh, with baseball. So I was not in that one. I, no. I wonder who it is that you've replaced in my brain that. I don't know. Oh, no. I don't know. I've got the. I've no, no. I don't probably have the, the program for that one. But uh, but yeah, you well, kicked somebody out of that show. So in my brain, sorry. yeah, in my brain, we did that play together. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, complete works was so much fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, honestly, too, Matt, I, a lot of that time was just blind, hot fear. Um, you know, because I had. <laughs> Because like I, you know, I was. They put me in the lead of some of these plays in high school, and I did. I had. I was yeah. terrified. I was terrified. Yeah. Um. But also, like, I was having the time of my life, and I remember that's why. That's why I ended up going to DePaul for acting, because like I was sitting there one night doing like three hours of homework. Because St. Charles was ridiculous. And I was like, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Do I just want to keep keep working this way? Like uh, being crushed by, by paperwork <laughs> and things that I don't really want to um, be spending my time on. And then I thought, oh, no, I'm just going to go have fun <laughs> and, and go to acting school, um, which also turned out to be super stressful. Yeah, and a lot but, of work as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. um, so, yeah, I t- some of it, I, some things I, I remember, and as I knew I was going to talk to you, I, I started um, thinking about all sorts of things, like the lunch room at St. Charles. Oh, man. Which I, which, jeez, please. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm with you, like, and this is a story that I don't even know if you know. I don't, maybe you were on crew for for this show, my first show as a freshman. We were supposed to do The Crucible. And uh, Mr. Montgomery cast it. I was cast as a 14-year-old freshman as John Proctor, knowing oh. nothing. I knew nothing what I was doing. <laughs> and, and, and Molly Gardenia was Abigail. And um, we got into rehearsals, and Mr. Montgomery's Molly like, Gardenia this guy has no idea what he's doing. We've got to change it. So like we changed the show after it was cast and we ended up doing a show called David and Lisa because it was, yeah, it was something that I could actually handle um, because I was a 14 year old. How the hell was I supposed to play John Proctor in the crucible? Right. Um, But uh, so like, I'm, I'm with you like the, the fear, like that never went away. Like there was always that (laughs) desire to like not screw up so much that Mr. Montgomery had to completely, abort a production halfway through rehearsals but like you said I, like the, the 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 process and like that environment was so much fun like i remember and this is again blessing and a curse like i remember because there was like a half an hour or 45 minutes or whatever in between the end of school and the start of rehearsals i remember 
you driving us to like, I don't know, like a convenience store or something that was like a, bl- a couple blocks away in like, was it like a brown Honda Civic? Is that, was that the car you drove in high school? Is that right? I can't, I can't believe you, <laughs> that was my 88 Honda Accord. Honda Accord. Oh, I got it right. It was half right. Love that car. Such a good car. Yeah. 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 I wrote, yeah, I was the driver of, uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm but, I mean, it was to just like, what else do you remember? I, yeah, it's, it's limited. It's fuzzy from there. But yeah. I just remember like good memories. Like, and that was as much why I did the the per, you know the, the theater as as much as the performances and the process was as like just being around all those people was so much fun. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's why I continue doing it, and that's why like yesterday, like I said, I was on stage backstage, getting ready to go on, and I was just like. Thank you. Thank thanks for this. What a gift. Like what a gift to be um still getting to go to work and have fun. And um <laughs> in front of, you know, uh full houses every night. It's it's just it's kind of uh, incredible. Yeah, I mean, especially now where you know, as you know, there's shows that are being postponed and and canceled and openings being delayed because of uh the pandemic still very much having a hold on everybody but especially in the in the new york theater community as you've seen you know the audiences for the most part return to cursed child i mean now that the grosses are being released for the individual shows like you guys are doing well uh and and i don't know that in a theater as big as the lyric that that was necessarily a given, but the power of this show, the power of the Harry Potter brand and the power of what you guys are doing on stage, like it's getting people in there. Is that something that you think about that as there's so much else going on and how dangerous and, and, and treacherous it can be for people to go out in public and gather in, you know, a couple, you know, a thousand, 15, sure. 1700 people. Like, is that something you're aware of as a performer? Um, <clears throat> I'll be honest. I mean, e- e- yes. I, I mean, anyone who lives through the the um, the shutdown and uh, I think held that as the plays were reopening. Of course, we held that in our in our minds and um, that fear that it would happen again. Um, the shutdown. Um, am I surprised that people are coming back? Uh, no, and the theater, like, <laughs> there's there's so much happening in our world right now, um, and I think for people to be able to come to to the theater and um, watch a story with characters they love, um, with magic and a bunch of illusions, and be able to uh, transport someplace else for a little while is. Um, is sometimes exactly what you sometimes exactly what you need, and um, and that's what I think we're able to do over there. It is a big house, and we you know the we've had some wonderful audiences, and um, I know everybody in that theater is grateful for that. Um, and because yeah, what we're trying to do is is tell a story and and have some fun while we're doing it and bring some joy to people. And um, right now, joy is uh, is hard to find sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, it's, I, I I have a confession to make. I, before I came and saw the show a few weeks ago, I, I knew. I mean, I knew, you know, culturally about Harry Potter, but I 
Never seen any of the movies. Never read the books. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so, wow. I, so I knew very little. Um, and I was in town, and my brother and niece were coming up on uh, her spring break, and we all live in Orlando. Um, so you can't not be a Harry Potter person as a kid in Orlando. So she was loved it. So they were like, sure. they were already going when I found, when, when Dan White sent me the message that you were in the show, <laughs> I found out a way to get in there. Uh, and I was blown away. Like, I mean, I would one as somebody who didn't know the backstory of the, however many films, like, I was perfectly fine keeping up with a story. I don't feel like I, I missed anything. I'm sure that there are details that I, you know, sure. didn't have the depth for, but totally understood. But I, honestly, completely blown away by everything that was happening. Obviously, the magic and the stagecraft is marvelous and wonderful and awe-inspiring. But, like, the depth of the story is is really moving and the performances was um, even more impactful than I would have anticipated if you just would have said, it's a Harry Potter play with a bunch of really cool effects. Sure, yeah. And, I mean, I think... Um, uh, <laughs> Thanks for saying all that. Um, that's really lovely to hear. And I do think it it's uh, a testament to how this play was crafted. And um, because because you can, you don't have to be uh, a huge Potter fan to um, to uh, get something out of it. And that's one of the things I, I love about it as an actor is, um, you know, you get the you get the excitement, you get the adventure, you get to meet Harry's. Um, uh, son, you get to see what Ron, Hermione, um, Draco, and Harry and Ginny are like um, as they're trying to figure out what it means to be parents and adults. Um, and and personally, personally, I love that the journey for Harry is not a um, it's a different kind of. Uh, a hero journey than I think um, people are, might be used to see, seeing him um, in uh, because he's, he's figuring out, <laughs> he's figuring out how to handle his own uh, trauma um, from, from all of the, um, the things that happened to him in the books and in his earlier life uh, and how to uh, be a, be a good father to his son. And that to me, from an acting standpoint is, um, is an exciting thing to get to explore every night, you know? Oh, absolutely. I went to the show with, uh, my brother and, and niece, but also a friend of mine came with me and she, we were sitting down and she knew that I had known you. And she said, Oh yeah, my, uh, my friend told me that her husband was in the show. She's like, I don't, I, sure. I've never, I've never met him, but, uh, you know, I know, I, I know her. And, like at intermission, she goes, "Yeah, my friend's husband plays Albus." So I was like, "Oh, this is this is great that this shows the age difference between me and my my colleague Grace." That I went to high school with a guy playing Harry, and her friend's <laughs> husband is the guy playing Albus. So that makes oh, uh, makes funny. ton of sense. Yeah, yeah, that's but, funny. So I'm taking up a ton of your time. So I will will wrap up here with just a couple little questions here. Yeah. But you talked about going from like these Chicago fame, like Chicago theater is famous for those storefront theaters that you talked about, like that's ingrained in the theatrical culture of Chicago. Sure. You probably could not get much different um, than that uh, with, in terms of a play than being in this show. As you look back at kind of like the trajectory of going from 
Red Orchid to Cursed Child. Is that jump in terms of like not only the size of the venue, but the size and scope of the shows being put on from a physical and technical standpoint, is that just kind of like mind blowing? Because even just watching the show for me, without having that, that background of having worked in those little theaters, like it's mind blowing to me just to see. Right. I mean, uh, not so much. This is the biggest show. This is a huge yeah. show. I, I mean, in, 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 by, in any in any terms. Um, but yeah, I mean, Matt, I, I remember walking into the, uh, the first tech rehearsal uh, over at the Lyric and seeing the traffic patterns backstage and seeing people... I mean, seeing the carpenters maneuver things in the air and people are doing quick changes right here. And there's a scene going on and there's 15 people rushing past you going. And I went, what, where am I? This is unlike anything I, I have ever, ever been a part of. And um, <laughs> it really is wild. I mean, sometimes, sometimes I think you could sell tickets to, uh, people oh. to watch what's happening backstage because it's 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 fascinating, it's fascinating. I, would, well, I would probably pay more to watch from the yeah. back i mean from the front is great too but like that would be so fascinating to be able to see what's going on on the other side yeah um because it really is a different it's orchestrated i mean it you could put it to it music to it's it's um it's it's kind of incredible that it's kind of incredible that that we do it eight times a week you know yeah. um because of, of so much but again i gotta say i work with some of the best people the best people in the business um at the lyric theater so if there's anybody that can get it done but yeah coming from a 70 seat house where you're changing costumes in the bathroom um and like uh um you know you're not only is the money different in terms of what you can do with a theater production, yeah. but um, the kind of stories that you can tell is very different. Um, and, <laughs> and again, some of these, some of my favorite things to do in the show are maybe stuff that is imperceptible to an audience because they're part of an illusion. Um, yeah. And, to get to here like this week we've had a few like younger um people in the audience and the only reason i guess can tell is because sometimes we'll do these illusions and you'll hear you'll hear a kid go oh like that and start laughing and that's the best that like whatever happens in the rest of the play that's the best thing that that, that can ever happen because because you just hear like that pure joy of not, not like, did that really just happen? I mean, so. look, I'm 40 years old and I did that a couple of times when I saw the show too. So uh, I definitely understand that, that enthusiasm. Yeah. Well, I'll wrap it up with this. First off, I'm going to be in town at the end of this month, so I will make copies of the pictures that I have of Scapino, so you can give them to your mom. Oh, uh, no way. I, I, will, I will make – I'll go over to Walgreens or wherever and get some copies made because these things are – they shouldn't be lost to antiquity just if I somehow lose them. So I'll get a yeah. copy for your mom. Um, but looking so back – She's going to love that. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. You give it to, tell her – send her my regards. Um, but again – I think we must like if I'm thinking correctly, the first time we met must have been 1994, 1995. 
Uh, it would have been my freshman year of high school, I guess. Yeah. It's been a long, long time. So maybe that's maybe the 28 years that I was talking about was when we would have met. But anyway, sure. what do you think high school St. Charles Steve Haggard would say about where you are now? Like, how how does that version of yourself, as you admitted, super high energy, super funny, outgoing, <laughs> tons of voices and impressions, uh, all of that stuff, to look at what you've done in the intervening three decades, like, how does that kid looking at the adult version of yourself now? Oh, what a lovely thing to think about. Um, I mean, I think... I think that version of me would be just absolutely beside himself. I mean, I, the, you know, there is a younger version of me that I carry around uh, that I try to remember because, because, the, because this is a gift, you know, um, and my my high school self, I think, would be like, "What in the world happened between now and and Harry Potter?" Um, but yeah, I, I like to think that younger me would be very proud and very happy. Yeah, I I've got to say, and I say this with one hundred percent honesty. I know I was a mess in high school, but my complete recollection of you has always been that you were one of the kindest most thoughtful uh in addition to like i said funny people that uh, i ever met so i am absolutely thrilled for your success and was uh, overwhelmed to see you on that stage at the lyric a few weeks ago and it uh it meant a ton to me i can't think i can't hear the song i'm just a bill without thinking of you um Because we did Schoolhouse Rock Live together as well, so yeah, I got to get that did. one in. So, uh, but I was I was honestly uh, moved, and not that I have any right to be, but incredibly proud of, of what you've accomplished. And uh, I appreciate you talking to me about all of it and taking a taking a stroll down memory lane. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Matt, and thanks for saying all that. It's been great to talk to you.